Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, Kirk and I are going to break down what we have done to build and our journey to a million-dollar company. And we're going to go through a bunch of questions. Kirk's going to answer the question, then I'm going to answer the question. And our first question really is, Kirk, why did we merge? I mean, you know, you look at your success and my success independently, and, and both of us had to have reasons on why we decided to create Top Advisor Marketing. What were yours? I think the most important one, Matt, was the fact that we could have two people who had who were good at sales and had, had good networks, you know, networks that they had nurtured over the years and and grown. And I think in business, those are always going to be the most important things. It doesn't mean that you don't have to have great operations, you don't have to have great product and services, you know, have somebody, you know, keep it on top of your financials. But sales and networking, you, you can't do, most businesses can't do without that. Yeah. Unless you've got like some big contracting, you know, you're just kind of set for life. You just focus on the operations and getting stuff. But our kind of business, you know, selling and having a great network to build off of, those are the most important things. And that's, we kind of doubled up on that, which is what we were doing for each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think energy is a really important thing too. I know that um, having people with lots of energy picks me up and picks everybody up. And we have a lot of people with energy in our company now, which is wonderful. So, and, and, and those are all, those are leverage points, right? For everybody else to grow and get better because of those. So those, those were my, my reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think for me, it was, uh, I, you were a solution to what I kept seeing within my client base that you know there are lots of coaches and consultants out there and and what people really want is is really good marketing really good communication i feel like i did an okay job with my clients but i knew that i'd have an opportunity to learn from you i also am a huge fan of finding somebody who fills a void you don't i think we have very compatible skills you are your way of selling is different than my way of selling and, and it, they're both very successful so i think that's that's super fun I, I learned a lot from you before we merged uh, the idea and I wanted to implement into my business, which is now our business, this, this total transparency. And that was a huge eye-opening thing for me. But I think you're stronger when you're able to have a deeper bench and working with you and partnering with you and building this team that we've built has allowed us both to have a much deeper bench to free us up. To, to really focus on what we're truly unique and good at. And, and I think that's, that's the, the big thing for me. Now, that really leads us to question number two, which is, you know, our roles changed a lot. You know, you were the person who did 100% of the sales for Tactibrand. Uh, you were really the person who did 99% of the client-facing work. And I did the same thing. Now our roles have changed. Let's talk about what that role change has done for you. Yeah, I mean, the, the extra bit of help with sales so um, having a boost in one area actually frees you up to focus more on that area. And that's kind of what happened with us. So um, having Matt could take over some of my responsibilities, but you being able to sell actually meant we could hire more people to fill in the gaps so that we didn't have to do 
that work too. So it actually allowed us to focus more, build more momentum more quickly by, by growing. And which is kind of interesting because I think some people think that as you get busier, you're just going to get more sucked into it. And then you get fear. I, I know in my career, I've had this fear. It, it's odd. But I, as a business coach, you probably heard it before. That's the fear of success. The oh, yeah. You're going to take on more clients and you're not going to be able to serve them. So you, you almost, I don't know if it's, we call that self um, sabotage. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's quite to that extent, but yeah, you kind of slow down because you know you're not going to be able, it's going to create a whole bunch of uncomfortableness in your business. And you don't know if you're going to be able to get past it. But I think finding a way, this ended up being the way that we could get, or at least me and now we could get past that, which was really interesting. I mean, one thing I wanted to say here is, I know everybody, we're a couple minutes into this podcast and maybe we should have started out with it, but I'll introduce the idea now. But we're talking about this stuff today so that everybody listening can understand the lessons that we've learned and the ideas that pushed us forward and the things that were holding us back and maybe apply them to what you're going through. And, you know, hopefully, I'm sure we've gone through all kinds of the same things that, that people listen to. There people listening who've already been there and done that, and it'll be a interesting listen to hear if we've done the same things. But that's kind of the point of this. It's certainly not to talk about what we've built and, you know, and, and brag, if you will. The idea is just, you know, is there stuff that we've learned that you can apply? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Well, let's carry on. Sorry. I want okay. to appreciate that. Said that. Well, I, and I, I appreciate the clarification. I'm sure the audience does too. My, my biggest role change was um, not having to do everything. And that's exactly kind of what you're talking about with, with your, uh, you know, helping with the sales, being able to offer uh, this, these new suite of products and services that, that we know that advisors really want, you know, having Lisa, <laughs> that was a huge, great win for us having our number two, uh, our chief operating officer, who's really the glue that holds the organization together. You know, those were huge role changes, which has freed me up for a lot more creative time. Kirk, I mean, I'm writing so much more now. I just feel like I'm adding so much more value as my goal for our industry from a thought leadership perspective. And I couldn't have done that without that. Okay. Yeah. When I talk about sales, Matt, yeah. I, mean, I mean, what you just kind of said, more time for thought leadership, um, more time to promote our ideas, um, went in some of that thought leadership. And it just gives you more time to be in to be working on your business mm -hmm. um, and telling other people. And we've got, you know, lots of interesting uh, large partnership opportunities that have come from that more, that thoughtfulness. We are able to spend more time to make our product better, which has been a really incredible journey because that's always been a, a struggle in this industry to find something for me, at least to find that perfect thing. And I think I'm, we're as close to it as we've ever been. That's for sure. Yeah. So it, it's freed you up to, to do different things. I remember years ago, we helped this company called WBI Investments in RIA in Jersey. And we helped them a lot, not because we did the most incredible marketing, but because we created marketing that freed up the two owners, a father and son team, to now work on the business. And what they were able to do is, because you know, they were traveling, doing sales, and we found a way to replace them with other marketing that this and that, that empowered their sales team. 
So they, the sales team were empowered to do the stuff that they relied on the two owners to do. Mm-hmm. And then they spent time working on the business and it had tremendous growth. I think about 400% over two years, which is <laughs> crazy. And it was, it wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't, we solved a problem with marketing and we didn't just blow it up with marketing, but it helped them grow. And that was, that was a wonderful um, example and experience. You know, growth is usually because they have an opportunity to step back and learn. Kirk, what, what is, what, what are some of the things that you've really learned since we had this merger? One of the things I think that's really difficult as you're growing it and um, hitting new thresholds in your business, new experience is understanding what roles you need in the, on, on the company at any given time. And I think if you don't make the right decisions, I mean, you're not going to hit it right all the time, but if you're right more often than not and you find the right people to fill those roles, even sometimes you don't even know. Where, it takes a while sometimes to figure out where people are going to fit too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still shocked sometimes that where certain people ended up being really happy and killing it and and and, and or not. So... You kind of have to let that evolve and be really open and aware, but finding, understanding the seats that need to be filled at the right time and then being patient, but really on top of what people are going to best fill in those seats. Those two have been really, really huge learning curves for me as far as, you know, growing a business. Cause that really, if you get that right, you get the support to just keep, taking the next step. But if you don't get that right, you get stuck there. And then you risk fighting fires, right? Regrouping, firing, hiring. I mean, that stuff gets really difficult. And that can really kill your business. And that kind of kill your energy. So I think that was a really critical growth thing for us. What do you think? I think the the, the greatest lesson that I have learned so far is a, is just a life lesson to which, which is patience. Uh, you know, nothing ever happens on the timeline, no matter how much you plan. And uh, you know, you and I have done lots of planning, lots of projections, and sticking to it, sticking to you know the core of our business, which I think we've done a very good job at now. Uh, you know, really constantly reassessing the product offering that we have, listening to our clients and our prospects on what they want and, and seeing if that's something that we want to deliver, not just always bending over backwards. I think those were the biggest things that I've learned and, and they were valuable and invaluable life lessons that uh, I, I'm not only going to apply to business as we continue to grow this thing, but also to life. Now, yeah, I think let's, I got something else to add actually now that oh, sure. I'm talking about it, which is as you, as you grow, you get, more and more opportunities present themselves. And sometimes those are sales. Sometimes it's another vertical. Sometimes it's a tweak. You know, somebody comes and sees your service and says, oh, that service sounds great. But for people like me, you know, I need to twist it like this. And so all of a sudden you're writing a new proposal and then you've got a new vertical and they need different marketing. And all of a sudden you've got, when you had, you know, 10 things you were working on, now all of a sudden you've got 30. And I think understanding that you need to figure out how to uh, prioritize all those things and what comes first and know that you can't tackle everything at once Uh, and having somebody to run that that's been big for us right now is handing off all the marketing having a role like that does the high-end marketing just not just the implementation right because we're getting bigger now so um, that's a huge one too is making sure that 
you understand where to focus. And as you get bigger, you got more things and that prioritization becomes even more critical to continue to have success. Well, let's show everybody under the hood even more. I think one of the things that has happened in this podcast is we're not afraid to show our warts or, or really talk about things that we could have done better. What what has been your biggest mistake since uh, you and I merged? I've got four listed here. <laughs> I, I always make a map before we talk about this, the, um, every one of our podcasts, at least the ones I'm involved in. And um, this had the most entries for me. So the first one is have a buy-sell agreement in place with your partners. And that's because things change. People change. Your skills and how those skills are applied to the industry and the business that you're growing change, right? You, you really have to keep pace with what really makes a difference in your business and having the right skill sets to drive that. Um, so that's a big thing. So having that, that was a really bad mistake that, that I made and um, before you, Matt. And um, it, was, it was all on me. I mean... And we needed to change the direction and it was really slowed us down not having had that as a an out, if you will, or a you know, an easy transition from one direction to another. So that, that really slows you down. I mean, that slowed me down or us down for six to six to twelve months. And uh, that's a tough thing to go through. A lot of stress in your life on all on everybody's part, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Um, the second one, this one's going to sound really strange, but I'm being really honest here. If we're being honest about this, which is the only way to have a good podcast, <laughs> um, is not investing more in our own marketing. I mean, we've always done marketing, but the amount of marketing we've, we're doing right now is fourfold compared to what we, I was doing you know, most of my career. I mean, we spend a lot of time pushing out thought leadership Part of the reason we're doing it more is because we have more people, so it doesn't suck all my time mm-hmm. to try to do that. But um, we do a lot more marketing than we've ever done, and guess what? The results are way better. So you know, people argue with us sometimes. Um, other times, other people are believers that, you know, just so nervous about spending more. Um, it certainly helps when you spend it on the right things, and everything that we're preaching our clients do for themselves is, is the stuff that we've already tried and is working for us and other people. So uh, that's been a huge one. That's the second one. The third one is not getting people what they want. So um, really listening to the gaps that exist in getting people what they really need. Like give you an example. When we started doing our LinkedIn connection boosting, people have been so excited about us adding that because advisors were really struggling with having big enough digital audiences to get the kind of listeners that they want for their podcast and engaged in their social media. So if we can control building that instead of a more passive, um, you know, hope they like us or connect with us, wait till they invite you. That tactic has been a huge addition to our service and our advisors are more thrilled than I ever thought they would be with this. And you know what, it's working really well for us too, but listening to people, what they, they, that was always a gap. And as it turns out, something that they really wanted, not only needed, but really wanted. So that's, you know, listening to what people want. And another one is making sure I already said this, all the right people are 
you know, you are on the right seats in the bus and understanding what seats you need at any given time in your business. Those have been the, those are, I guess I could say those are learning, but they were mistakes that I've made in my career that I'm getting a lot better at. I uh, hope to continue to grow in those areas too. I think the biggest mistake that I have made, uh, well, I think part of it was being, was, was being impatient. I, I totally agree with not getting people what they want. I think you and I, uh, at the beginning, were kind of sitting in our ivory tower coming up with all of these great ideas and, and we didn't, uh, test them like we should have. And that's the cool thing about what we're doing now is it's totally tested. Uh, in fact, we're in the process of writing up our own personal case study on, on really what we're offering the marketplace now. We've really honed down uh, what it was, which would be another mistake that I, I think we chased too many rabbits at the beginning, right? It was what you were talking about before. There were so many people who wanted so many things and, and like our thought leadership and like us personally, that we had to we had to continue to step back and and and, and not I don't think we said no enough. I know I didn't. And then and then finally is listen to the team when there is somebody who is not adding to the culture. And and I think um I I personally have held on to relationships that I should have uh, detached myself from much sooner because of, of a not necessarily a personal relationship, but being very selfish uh, because those people had given me something uh, that was that was very beneficial to me. I, I don't think I thought about the company as much. Now, luckily, uh, we, we've remedied all of those situations and we've created this this culture with the team that was the culture that I really dreamed about. Right. I was ever going to run a company. This is the sort of culture and we've achieved that. And I think uh, sometimes just having that one strategic person or in this case, it was actually a couple of different people who we let go uh, really made a big, big difference. I think um, that goes just as equally for having clients that you love serving and they love what mm. you do for them and finding people. I mean, we just had, I just had a meeting earlier today with a, with a client of ours. They trust us so much and they look to us. And I had a meeting about, um, some of the new stuff we're doing because we were just doing some podcasting for them. And before I was even done talking about what we were doing, they were saying, um, I trust what you're doing. I love the price. Just get us going on it and mm-hmm. you know, send us what you need to and tell us what to do. And we're, we're moving on. Like, you know, this stuff's working already. And you, you just told me it's going to be better. I don't know, that's a fun place to be in your business, right? Yeah. You know, advisors can really buy into that because you know what it's like when you, give a client advice on this investment or that strategy or, you know, this other expert we need to bring in the ones who it's not that you don't want to be challenged. You certainly don't mind being challenged, but it's, it's always a great feeling when people not just trust you, but trust that you've been really thoughtful and professional about everything that you introduce to them and that you're always fair too. Now, number five on our on our journey to to build this million dollar company was the, another kind of role change situation. So you called one hundred percent of the shots with Tacta Brand. Uh, I called one hundred percent of the shots with Top Advisor Coaching, uh, and then when we created Top Advisor Marketing, we both kind of became co CEOs. What what are some of the things that you've learned in running this new company that uh, is very applicable to our audience? I think you just have to be really open-minded about where the business is going and have good, you know, professional, respectful conversations all the time. I think as when you're 
you know, don't get in your own way because you want your own ideas. I mean, that's pretty obvious stuff. If, if it's a co-CEO relationship, which it appears to be at times for us, which, which seems to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care about the CEO title or any title for that matter. I just, we're just, you know, equity shareholder and love the business and you, you want to do whatever you want, you, you got to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, we split up the role quite well. You kind of, you're always want to get people to work with stuff that you like doing. It's not just, mm-hmm. okay, you do this, you, you do that. It's like, what do you like doing? Well, what are you best at doing? It's fine. And what suits people and empowering them and making them feel energized every day when they go in. There's always going to be some stuff you like a little bit less, but as long as that's not a big part of your day or your week, you just keep motoring. So I think that's been been positive to think about. Just be uh, respectful and all those things. Sure. That was not. That was my weakest answer of the day. Sorry. That's all right. Well, here, here, I'll I'll, I'll chime in because I know that some of these are. Uh, things that that we really do share, you know, we needed to learn how to wear more hats and not just wear hats individually, but together. Uh, But I think that the biggest thing that we have done that has allowed for our, our growth is, um, is finding the right people and keeping them on the right seats in the bus and, and being flexible with moving them if, if they want to move, as long as that's a position within the company that we have. Number two, processes, dude. We are such a process-oriented company. You know, I remember harping at financial advisors repeatedly about systems and, uh, you know, how the the team would get so upset that the advisor didn't use the systems. You know, when you get everybody using the same systems and you're a systems-oriented company, everything just really moves quickly. Man, we have had fun and massive heartache when it comes to technology. You know, we thought we had the greatest solution on one thing and then it ended up not being the greatest solution. So we had to move to something else. And um, we've got a couple of core programs that we're very happy with that we think work very well now, which allows us to continue the growth. The other thing that we do really well, especially with Lisa, and it'd kind of be fun to have her on this. Maybe we should get her on this uh, at another time and do this again, but is really taking a sharp pencil to our financials. We know exactly how much everything costs in every aspect of our business. And I think that is humongous. And then, you know, really making the decision, and and this is a big thing that we're working with with some of these deals that you uh, talked about earlier is don't be selfish when it comes to sales. That was another huge thing. We, we know people who've created amazing sales organizations and can we plug what we have into their sales organization to make their offerings better and also make it so that we can double, triple, quadruple, or we're way past that now uh, in growth. And that was a huge decision that that you and I made too that I think was really liberating. It was you know, that, that really ate into some of our profitability, but, you know, again, we took a sharp pencil and we knew exactly where we could be. And I I think we did a good job at that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the sixth question here is what has been the reason or reasons why we have grown so quickly? So you're a marketing and branding expert. This is what you've done for so long. You've helped businesses grow for 20 plus years. When you look back at top advisor marketing and in our growth trajectory, what, what, what do you think has been so successful for us? I, I think one of the things that you said early on, like when you were looking for a business is to, is to partner with a company that had a lot of credibility and had a great product already so that you could just kind of build off of it instead of, you know, kind of feeling like you're starting from scratch and, hey, we're two you know, guys who are you know, good at networking and selling and you know, both good consultants, blah, blah, blah. 
thought leaders, but didn't have anything, you know, substantial to build off of. And we, we had that with our brand foundation and work like that. And then when we came together, we figured out, we added a whole other level to that, which was, was the podcasting and the micro influencer stuff. So I think having a great product always helps, but credibility you gain by showcasing what you know, your expertise. And I know that that's one thing I've always tried to share a lot of is here's all the ideas, the strategies, you know, what we've tried, what's working, what's not working. And, you know, here's, here's the best practices with websites, branding, podcasting, social media, LinkedIn, you know, here's all the tools we use, like being able to share all that has created a lot of credibility for us because people know that they have an idea of what we're working on. I, I can't tell you how many marketing companies and how many landing pages I see in this industry where you have no idea what the heck is behind the curtain <laughs> and they're long page marketing. And I can't tell if they're successful, to be honest. Most of them I feel like aren't because the ones who I know are really successful are more like us. Uh, and I know they're successful because I know some of those people, the ones I don't know as much of, and I don't, uh, I find those, um, I found those really difficult. I, I, I get, do get frustrated that I see advisors saying yes, because they're, you know, there's some allure with, with those, right? Like, Oh, I wonder what this is going to be. You know, maybe there's something really special behind this magic curtain. Whereas we're, we lay it all on the line. You know, we're micro influencers. Here's what we do. You know, podcasting, content multiplication, LinkedIn is our, our social network. We do, you know, we do your social there and then we, uh, you know, we do connection boosting for you. We lay the whole darn thing out. We talk about it all the time. You know, we talk about with social, we use a tool called Canva. We use, you know, we aggregation tool. We use uh, Hootsuite. Um, even managing projects and processes inside of our company, we use Asana. We use Skype for communicating. We use, you know, Zencaster for podcasting. We use Podbean and Blueberry you know, we're, we're, we talk about these things all the time because, you know, what's the point of keeping secrets? Sure. You're going to know when you work with us and, <laughs> you know, we want everybody to know how intelligent we are and that's the best way, you know, how thoughtful our systems are. So we got to tell people. So I think that's a, that's a big reason why, um, having that credibility that we're always sharing that, sharing that lot, that thought leadership. Uh, and I think, um, Another reason is that when people do say yes, I think we've got a really good onboarding process and we're pretty systematic and we get, we, we get done what we said we were going to get done. I think we're always getting, trying to get better in that as well. Um, have add more value all the time, but I think that those are some of the reasons that I can think of. Well, I think really, uh, hyper-focusing ourselves to where we've been most successful, uh, which is LinkedIn has been one of the greatest gifts for us. You know, just for everybody, we get 90% of our leads from LinkedIn and 10% from referrals. Uh, yes. Could we do better with referrals? Absolutely. But we have such a full pipeline from LinkedIn. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, and I, I also want to- Just to be clear, that? we don't get any leads from LinkedIn without our podcast. Right. Our podcast is the thing that that people immerse themselves in and that becomes the conduit, but we attract them and get their attention on LinkedIn. That's really important to understand because without that, that the conduit of the podcast, 
everything kind of stops. It becomes a lead, not a relationship. Like people that call us say, hey, man, I've been listening to all your podcasts. Love what you guys are talking about. Uh, Kirk, is, Kirk, you're so handsome. And uh, handsome of course you don't know because we're on a podcast that was a joke that was a canadian joke anyway that makes such a difference um so you know linkedin has been powerful but certainly podcast is really the that's the, the foundation of everything we do is sharing that expertise being generous trying to be not too serious about ourselves have fun be diligent all those things that hopefully seem to be quite obvious about us when we do our podcast. Well, and, and not only that, but, but we are do it's again, it's practicing what we preach. I, I love the fact that what, you know, we do sales calls and one of the first things that they say is, gosh, I feel like I know you already. Well, yeah, you've listened to 190 of our podcasts, right? You've, you know, in that, well, if they listen to us before we change the name, it could be even more than that. Or, you know, they're listening to our client podcasts or they heard us podcasting with other people this is such a magnificent medium, but I also want to say thank you uh, because you and I have a, a, a friend who is a media partner who has done a, a great job of not only getting our thought leadership out, but also our clients' thought leadership out, which is iris.xyz and Doug Heikinen's company. If you haven't checked out Iris, please take a look at it. It is a magnificent aggregation service that really is a one-stop shop for thought leadership and financial services. So Kirk, to wrap everything up today, where do you see us in three years? I'd like to see us at 500 uh, micro-influencers slash podcasters working within our company. Right now, we're at 50. Uh, But really just set ourselves up for more explosive growth, especially with all the white-label contracts we're talking about with partners. And I like the idea, honestly, of being a huge influencer in financial marketing space. I love the idea that we're going to introduce podcasting to um, an industry that you know, where not many people have explored it and a lot of advisors don't understand what an incredible impact it can have on them. So being an influencer inside this industry on creating more influencers, been that's a really, I see us being a, a huge contributor to that. And that feels really good, by the way. And the other thing is, I, I think we're going to own our own event at some point. Um, we've got some feelers out for how to create a, an influencer type of event in this industry. I don't know if it's going to happen in two years or three years, definitely not in the next year, but we've, we're, because I, we're put it out to the world, at least with between you and I, and we're pushing it out to other people that we know the opportunity for that to happen is, is um, going to be in a hair. I'm doing it again. Right. And we yeah. have to find the right partner who knows to how to organize event because we want we do not want to be an event organizer, but what we do want to do is we want to create an event that is all marketing. And I don't mean just any marketing. I mean, people who all, everything they do can all integrate and makes wonderful sense. The integration is the most important thing that we do. And that's why digital marketing is so darn interesting and intriguing is that you can integrate, right? Podcast feeds content. We multiply that content. We share that content becomes highly um, attractive and friendly for social media. And guess what? That social network, we're also driving to add new people to it because we can control that environment. So all of a sudden, all those things help each other out, right? If we're, if we're just using LinkedIn and we don't have a podcast, that's not very powerful. And guess what? Po- podcasting alone isn't the best thing to share socially because, you know, it's, it's one big podcast. So that's why we're doing these snippets now. 
or multiplying content. So now we mm-hmm. can give bite-sized pieces of a podcast, which are way more consumable and social friendly, right? So when that stuff all works together, that synergy is critical. So we want to create an event where we bring synergistic partners in, right? We're, we're talking, we shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this, but we are, we want to add PR component, but it has to be highly ef- efficient PR component. We're already talking to uh, video companies about adding um, video to this and how that fits, which is obviously would be a big fit. So we're, we're talking about other things that we're testing and working on, find the best partners, the best tactics. And so um, those could be including an event like that. And here I'm going to make a bold prediction uh, as my, my sign off here. And that's that I predict that podcasting will be the equivalent of having a website within five years. I think mm-hmm. people will look at uh, like maybe like it was five or 10 years ago with a website. What do you mean you don't have a website? You have to have a website to be in this business. I mean, how are people going to know about you? I think podcasting is going to be that for financial advisors and companies within five years, maybe a little bit beyond that. But when you make predictions, you always got to make them shorter term, be a little more risky. But you heard it here. Well, and I'm I'm just going to add one one piece to that, uh, which is a, a support of what you were talking about, which is uh, is the PR aspect. I, I think our system as it sits right now is perfect for PR because if you're doing public relations and you can say things like you know with confidence. If you want to know more about who I am, you can follow me on LinkedIn. When you have a kicking LinkedIn profile, great thought leadership there. And then when you can also say, you know, hey, thank you so much for having you on my or having me on your show. Why don't you go ahead and listen to our podcast if you want to continue to find out more about what we're doing to help with blankety blank. I think those are two things that are absolutely humongous. So Kirk, man, thank you so much uh, for uh, you know lifting under the hood. We, we firmly believe that the level of transparency that we offer at Top Advisor Marketing just from a, a business perspective is one of the reasons why we have such dedicated listeners and also why people feel like they really know who we are because Kirk and I don't have anything to hide. We're not sitting on any trade secrets. We are trying to offer everything so that if you want to do what we do for yourself, you can just do it. Listen to the podcast, read our white papers, follow us on social media. You can do a lot of what we do. But if you don't want to do it yourself, if you want to outsource it, we would love to have the opportunity to be that outsourcing solution for you. Any closing statements, Kirk? No, hopefully this was helpful for everybody, um, kind of experiencing the journey that we've gone through, one that you can hopefully relate to. And um, maybe there's some kind of learning or maybe we've created a connection with you because we've gone through the same stuff that you've gone through or or going through in your business. Um, That's kind of what a podcast is about, right? It's about being helpful, being honest, authentic, and hopefully you can take that kind of uh, spirit to your podcast. I don't think any of your clients are going to be have any issue at all. In fact, it'll be a very positive experience to learn about how you grow as a human and business owner, as a financial advisor. So that's another just part of being a great in business is just being yourself all the time. And hopefully you, you understand that that's exactly what we're trying to do today with you. And we try to do it on every podcast. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the near future. If you have any topic ideas, please make sure you email me at matt at topadvisorm, and that M is for marketing.com. Or you can go ahead and uh, connect with us on social and communicate us. Uh, that way, LinkedIn for both Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. 
If you have not subscribed, make sure you click that subscribe now button. And if you haven't given us a review on iTunes, please take a second to do that. That helps us out a whole bunch in the ranking. So for everybody at Top Advisor Marketing and Kirk Lowe, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.